Hey podcast people, welcome back to 5 Minute Conspiracies, the show where I aim to share a new conspiracy theory each episode in 5 minutes or less. Now, what's up? It is your friendly neighborhood conspiracy theorist, Abby, back for a rousing episode 13 where we will dive into some television conspiracy theories. But first, remember you can always call into our show on the Anchor app with your own theories you may want me to look into. Or if you listen in other places where our show is hosted, like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, and Pocket Cast, you can always email me at the number five minute conspiracies. That's five minute conspiracies at gmail.com. Questions, comments, concerns, shoot them at me. Alright, so let's see how many weird theories we can fit in. First up is the theory that the Count from Sesame Street. Is, isn't what he seems. You know that weird vampire-y kind of guy on Sesame Street? He's actually feeding on the children <laughs> that live on Sesame Street. They think they'll be learning math, they'll visit his castle, and then he kills them. And that would explain why the children are often replaced quickly on the show. Next up is Gilligan's Island, and this theory actually is kind of interesting to me. So the theory goes that the gang did not actually get shipwrecked. They are in hell. And the it said that they each represent a different deadly sin. So, as mentalfloss.com puts it, the millionaire represents greed, his lazy wife represents sloth, sexy movie star Ginger is lust, while innocent farm girl Mary Ann is envy because she envies Ginger's beauty and lifestyle. The smart professor is prideful because he can't admit that he's actually unable to fix their ship or get them off the island. And the skipper is both gluttony and wrath because he's always taking something out on poor Gilligan. Not that you should really feel bad for Gilligan. We see him kind of as stupid, but people say he represents Satan and he's constantly screwing up their plans for rescue. Now, I'm going to take another one from Mental Floss's pages because I haven't seen either of these shows, but I do think this connection is really interesting. So, the question is, is Heisenberg's blue crystal meth responsible for The Walking Dead zombie apocalypse? I love it when you can connect two shows like this. So, at the end of Breaking Bad, Walter White's blue meth is becoming more and more popular, and eventually it makes its way around the world. Some fans theorize that the users of this blue crystal meth die and rise again in zombie form. Those who subscribe to this theory point to the handful of Breaking Bad references on The Walking Dead. So in Season 1, the character Glenn drives a red Dodge Challenger, which looks very similar to Walter White's car. And when Walter White goes to return his Dodge on Breaking Bad, he takes it back to the dealership's general manager, whose name happens to be Glenn. So season two, Daryl Dixon is trying to bring down T-Dog's injured-induced fever. He pulls out his brother's stash of drugs to see if anything in the plastic bag will do the trick. Pictured clearly, at the bottom of the bag is blue crystal meth. Even more suspicious, before the zombie apocalypse, Merrill, I don't know how to say his name, I think it's Merrill Dixon, used to be a drug dealer, and he said his supplier was described as, quote, a janky little white guy who threatened him with a gun and said, I'm going to kill you, bitch. That sounds like Jesse Pinkerton to these fans. What? I know. I know just barely enough about these shows to kind of understand these connections, and it sounds like a pretty good theory to me, but now I feel like I actually need to watch Breaking Bad. <laughs> so if you're lost, no worries. I guess you have some shows to catch up on, too. Okay, so last, if you haven't seen Stranger Things, please do. Uh, steal someone's Netflix pa- Netflix password and watch it. This does contain spoilers, so if you haven't seen 
you've had a year basically to watch Stranger Things, and season two just came out. I'm a couple, I'm a couple um, episodes in, but <laughs> um, so here's the theory. There's a theory floating around that I think they will address in season two, uh, and the theory is that the little girl Eleven is actually the monster, or that it's the result of her imagination. She first sees the demigorgon in her mind while in a sensory deprivation tank. She even says, I am the monster, and she disappeared when the monster did. Could Eleven actually be battling monsters she has created? Um, if you've seen the show, you know that she kind of has some sort of mind powers, and these could just be a figment of those powers. So if they're from her mind, could they actually be a manifestation of the torture and the experiments that she was put through? I thought those are all interesting. I don't know about you, but hey, you know what? That's what I got for you today. So you are more than welcome to always call in or email me about your TV theories or any other theories that you'd like me to explore. There are a ton out there. And I just want to say thank you all so incredibly much for listening. My name is Abby. I'm human, not reptilian. And I will see you on our next episode.